are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, Mr. Nick View. How's it hanging, buddy? I've been sick for like a week, and my wife was sick for a week before that, and we are running around like crazy in addition to all of that. So it's been it's been pretty hectic, brother. Um, uh, I, I'm just looking forward to doing this podcast with you and talking about fishing and, and looking forward to, to all that. How are you doing? Well, I was doing okay up until day before yesterday and uh, got a, I don't know, it, it, I, my, my desk set up which I use for work and for the podcast. Um, I've got three monitors and I have got a project that I'm trying my best to get wrapped up before the end of the week, because come uh, Sunday, we're heading to South Georgia hunting hogs. And I don't know. I think I was just so focused on trying to get things done that I set a weird way at my desk and my back is just, it's trashed right now. It, it's, it's literally hurting to the point where I went last night and, you know, not getting into the politics around this, but, um, I, I got my vaccine back when, you know, Lori was, Lori was sick and I figure, you know, I've, I've got it now. You might as well, you know, if you've had two, what's the third one, right? So I figured <laughs> I'd go ahead and get the booster before, you know, next week. Um, just not knowing, going to be around a lot of people that I haven't been around while I trust all them. I know we're going to be in other places where I don't know. And for a hermit that doesn't go anywhere, you know, I figured I'd go ahead and get that. So I got that last night and I know it's making me feel like crap, but my back is hurting. It's hurting so bad. I don't really care about the, I don't really care about the after effects from the, from the shot. It's just, as soon as the Motrin starts wearing off, I'm like, holy crap, this, this freaking sucks. So just, just shifting at your desk, huh? It wasn't so much shifting. It was the way I was, cause what I was doing, I was, I had my center monitor where I was looking at, uh, documentation and then I was spending a lot of time in a customer's environment, setting up a lot of, without well, going into the nerding. I was, I was working on one monitor and reading off another. And I think I was just sitting sideways focused on the monitor to my right to the point that I just didn't realize I'd strained my back so anyway so if if you're listening to this and you hear the chair creaking and popping it's because I'm shifting trying to get some relief while we're recording this but the show must go on as they say um man I'd make fun of you but I hurt my foot watching Game of Thrones one time I couldn't walk for three days (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd told that uh, but you know, other than that, I, I went up, I spent last weekend, uh, up at my, well, up in North Carolina where I grew up and spent, uh, Saturday, you know, helping out with some, you know, my dad runs a, he still runs the same farming operation I grew up on. So, and my brother works with him. So, uh, I spent the day helping them do things, uh, Saturday and then Sunday, usually have a pretty short day, but he's got a bunch of cows he has to take care of and so forth. And believe it or not, I'll even say this. I did something Sunday I've never done before. And as soon as I say what it is, half the people listening going, you got to be kidding me. But I spent about, I guess about an hour, hour and a half on a four wheeler riding around, you know, just basically doing a fence inspection. We, he's got a lot of fence around multiple properties and, and instead of walking it, just hopped on the four. I've never actually driven a four wheeler, but I can't really? say that anymore. No, I never have. It's just never been something I cared anything about. Um, 
but it was it was nice for doing that. Um, and then Sunday afternoon, as you know, a lot of people have seen on Facebook, I carried a couple of bows up and uh, introduced my my brother to traditional archery. And you know, he um, he was shooting Yankee, the bow that my good friend Jamie Burkhead built for me. And uh, I I got him, you know, at a bag target at maybe I don't know eight yards, and and kind of gave him some instruction and. You know, his, his form was really good. He, I kind of gave him instruction on how to use his peripheral vision to get, you know, on target and get, you know, where he was actually hitting close to where he was looking at. And next thing I know, he shifted around and started launching arrows. And I'm sitting there going, please don't, please don't miss. Cause he was shooting my, my high end, <laughs> my high end <laughs> arrows that I, that I shoot and hunt with year round. And he started launching them at a, at a lion target and they're, their first time he he shot under once um but he hit it i think it was four or five errors he put into the target and i I actually stepped it off it was 22 yards and he he sat there i don't know how many errors he shot but we shot for a good hour and he missed that first one error in that first group and i think he missed one other error uh arrow I don't know. He shot over at some point, but it wasn't by much. So, I mean, he was, he was really tickled and I'm going to try, I'm going back up there in March. I'm going to carry, I'm going to try to carry a, a hybrid longbow and a, a lighter poundage recurve up when I go and let him, let him shoot those a little bit and see which one he really likes the most. And then we're going to try to, we're going to try to find a bow for him. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I was really stoked to see Mike shooting. That's, that's neat. Um, I actually couldn't believe that he'd never really done it before with, uh, with Trad. No, he's, I mean, he's hunted with, with a compound, which, you know, for various reasons, Mike has never, and most of it's because of, you know, he, he works with my dad. He works on the, he still works on the farm that, that I grew up working on. And, uh, you know, archery season starts right at the tail end of the, of the crop season. So by the time he's, you know, finished up really working, it's, uh, it's rifle season. And even then, a lot of times, I would say most of the times that he gets to, he gets to head out, you know, he might get 30 to 30 minutes to 45 minutes of shooting light before dark. So, uh, and, and unlike what you hear from a lot of people, he, he seriously, you know, kind of needs the, the meat. So he's, he's hunting to fill the freezer. So, um, but you know, we're talking about some things. There may be some, there may be some changes ahead for me and, and maybe we can figure out a way to, to free up some of his time down the road and he can actually get out and, and do some hunting. And if he, you know what, I don't care if he carries a compound or a trad bow, as long as I can, I can get out and hunt with him some, I haven't hunted with him in 30 years. So, uh, just have to wait and see what happens. But anyway, that, that's awesome, man. That, uh, that's kind of me since, since our, our, our last recording. And I, you know, I say, unless you got something else, we'll just jump in and get started kind of where we left off. Nope. I'm just, you know, the only other thing I'd say is we're moving into the banquet here in a week. And, uh, I think it's a week. Yeah, I'm off, but, uh, yeah, new location for the MLA cause Woodshire closed down and, uh, there's some changes there, but I think it ought to be, it's on the West side and I think it's all, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing my, my MLA family and a big shout out to all of them. And yeah, looking forward to, to close the book on last year once again, but in banquet form. Well, if it, if it wasn't for the hog hunt, I'd be there. So you know, I know depend, you would depend on how that, 
how that falls next year. Maybe maybe I'll be able to make it next year. But I didn't know did, it was at a different location. Somehow I missed that. And you probably told me and I just forgot. I did. But, you know, I mean, yeah, we've been going in the Woodshire for years. But, I mean, not everything can last. And they closed it down. And I know some people are upset that it's bring your own. You can't bring your own food and you can't bring your own drinks. But not many banquet halls let you do that anymore. In fact, they couldn't find any that let you do that. So, um, this is actually not far from Hastings or not far from, uh, GLLI. So oh, it's kind of oh. cool, you know, and it might move. Um, but yeah, I think everybody's just, you know, we got like a hundred over a hundred people coming and I think that's a good turnout and considering everything. And, you know, I can't wait, especially cause I, I didn't go to the expo. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, looking forward to this, but yeah. Did you, did you put in a game award by chance? Uh, yeah. I uh, submitted three. So you could have a folder. What's that? <laughs> You'll have a folder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I submitted, I submitted all three this year. I think I, I'm pretty sure I did. Well, that's I'm awesome. Pretty sure I did. So, uh, all right. Yeah. That's, and, that's and all. Ho- ho- hopefully get a, hopefully get a hog and submit one, you know, next week. We'll see what happens. Maybe some kind of MLA trifecta or something. I don't know. Big, <laughs> big game MLA slam. That'd be, that. she talked to John about that. But. Well, I think I've submitted. I think I've already. Let's see. I know I've submitted for hog and whitetail, and I guess antelope. So, pretty sure I submitted my antelope. It'll be Can't. funny to look around and everybody going, "Who?" <laughs> a lot of people know you now, though. Not like yeah. it was a few years ago. Yeah, I remember the first time I was there, and they. I don't. I think that was that may have been the year that I killed the antelope because I know it was like. I don't remember how many it was that year, but it was a lot. It was five, six, seven, something. Cause, I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> it was several deer, a couple of hogs, and then two antelopes. And when <laughs> I who was calling it, and they said, they called out whatever number it was. <laughs> I was like, who the heck is this guy? Because <laughs> I think that was the, that may have been the first year I went. It was. But anyway. Yeah, we'll miss you, but I, it'll be fun. I, I'm surprised I didn't hear you or, or Tom or somebody holler out bragging, but <laughs> nobody did. So I'll do it this time. You just won't be there. Uh, I'll, I'll, and that'll be okay too. That'll be okay. So <laughs> you right. want to, you want to do a, uh, I guess, you know, I think most of the people that's going to be coming to this and this is probably heard part one, but you want to do a, just a quick recap on the, the, the items that we covered for the getting started in, in fly fishing what you need from last week and then we'll jump right into this week yeah i think we started with the essentials uh we we covered the we covered the rod and uh we talked uh we talked a little bit about reels actually probably talked more about reels than we needed to and uh quite a bit about line and uh leaders and tippet and after we got done doing that we were like well do we really need to do another one and then we thought about it got talking we were like yeah we should probably do the rest because i know this one was well received and it seemed to help people and um if you know somebody new into fly fishing please share that episode with them and this one as well but uh what do we got to talk about today steve so we're gonna pick it up from there so if you if you're hearing this and you didn't hear part one go back and listen to that either after this or you know, this one will be out there, so you can go listen to that one now and come back to this one. But either way, um, so I guess, you know, let's let's pick it up. I think you and I talked a little bit after we, we pressed the stop record uh, last time. Um, you know, I was on the fence about, you know, really about whether or not to, 
to discuss waiters because uh, it's one of those it's it's uh, it's an it depends item, and you know I think the majority of people that are going to get into fly fishing are probably going to want a pair of waders. Um, if you're in a location that you're not fishing, you know you're not trout. Uh, I guess waders typically are thought of with trout, uh, salmon, that kind of you know that kind of thing, and people don't use them or think much about it if they're you know if they're fishing ponds or or still water but mm-hmm. uh so you know that's why i say it, it depends um and i don't know if you well i think you and i both have had similar experiences what was the first pair of waders you owned i got a pair of cabela's like the the rubber booty nylon connected ones then not the not the boot and not the footy waders, but the actual all connected rubber boot clod hopper waders, the cheap ones that are like seventy nine bucks. That's what I started out with. Were were they neoprene or were they canvas? I don't even know. Whatever's cheaper. No, uh, no, no, no. I did get nope. I did get a set of neoprene when I forgot those other waders when I went up to Gaylord that time for a trout camp, and I bought neoprenes, and those are colder weather ones. So I actually have three pairs right now but the first one was a really cheap just normal canvas and the other ones are neoprene and the other one the neoprene ones are hot <laughs> yeah the, and and that's the, yeah that's why i asked so uh and it's funny you said they were more cold weather ones so when i first when i first started actually fly fishing in locations where i needed waders um and i should preface that with really up until i moved uh, to this area, most of the water that I fished was small enough at best I needed hip boots. I didn't need waders. So I didn't, I didn't own them. And the first, I think the first two, actually I know it was cause I bought, I bought two pair pretty close together. Both of them were neoprene and I don't remember now exactly what they were. I want to say one of them might've been 3.5 millimeter and the other were five millimeter or something like that. So Please don't hold me to that. I didn't research it, but I know one set was substantially heavier and thicker than the other. And kind of like you said, they were, they were heavy, they were hot. And, you know, when it was, when it was really cold, it was, I would say at the time, I thought it was nice to have that extra insulation, but after, they're not the most durable things in the world. I mean, they're probably great for sitting in a duck blind or something where you're just, you know, sitting pretty still. But, you know, navigating fairly large water in those things, you're inevitably going to stick a root through the bottom of one or something. I mean, they just, you're going to tear them. Mm-hmm. And when I, after I tore both pair at some point, I went, you know, and, uh, forget where I went first, but they started, you know, you really need to look at getting breathable waders with, you know, canvas. And I'm like, I'll freeze to death, you know, and, and I spent a little bit of time learning how to dress in those things. And I will tell you, here's the truth about water. It only gets so cold mm-hmm. and, then it, and then it turns to ice. So what I found was it didn't really matter if it was, you know, 20 degrees outside, 15 degrees outside, as long as the water was moving in these streams, you know, it might get some ice on the edges and so forth. And if you, if you took the water out of the stream, it would freeze. But as long as it's moving, it wouldn't freeze. 
And it really didn't make that much difference if it was 20 degrees or if it was 50 degrees. The water, the feeling of the water or the coldness of the water really didn't change all that much. And I just do the same thing with the canvas waders that I do, you know, hunting. I just layer, you know, some good uh, breathable base layers. And uh, in all honesty, most of the time, all I'm using is the, I don't know what they're called now. They used to actually call them fishing pants, but it's the... It's the real thin water repellent pants. It's made so much like the um, the fly fishing shirts that you see the mm-hmm. uh, that that repel water. And, yeah. And I've never honestly, I've never my you know the part that was in the the part of my body that's in the water has never been unbearably cold. Um, my hands have gotten cold, but that has nothing to do with the waders. So. I'm beating around the bush here. My my opinion is don't waste your money on the neoprene waders unless you're going to be using the same pair of waders for something like duck or goose hunting where you, you know, you need that extra, that extra insulation. Um, if you're just going to be fly fishing and buying waders, my recommendation would be go, you know, going with a, a set of quality canvas. And that's just like everything else. There's a huge range in price. Um, but I will say this, the first pair I ever bought was a set of Orvis, uh, I think they were either guide or pro guide waders, and those waders lasted me over 10 years before I had to replace them. Um, and I probably pushed that a little bit too long because the time by the time I got, I just said I can't do this anymore, you could go in a dark room um, and <laughs> hold, a, hold a flashlight inside of them and it looked like you were trying to create a, a, a star show on your ceiling. Uh, <laughs> they were they were bad um but anyway i just the the waiters that i just bought last uh actually <laughs> almost had them for over a year now and they still haven't seen water you know because of uh the situation with my wife but uh i ended up buying sims this time and i truly think i'm going to be very happy with them uh, but i'll let everybody know but you know i know reddington makes some some quality ones orvis has several lines. They actually have an entry level. Um, That's what I got. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're good waiters. Yeah. I, uh, my journey was a little different. I think around Michigan, it's a good idea to have them. Now, Scott Spray would, uh, he told me that you didn't really need them. He's only got a pair of the cheap neoprene ones and he, he does a lot of warm water fishing. So he basically just, he wet wades. And, uh, I, I pretty much wet wade most of the year except for the early spring. That's the only time I really, when the season just starts, I where I wear, um, where I put my waders on, unless the waters, I'm I, the, the particular place I'm fishing is a little deep, you know, where I get up into my waist and some of the rivers around here got a lot of holes and stuff like that, and I like to wear waders. Then, um, the other nice thing about waders is that if you are fishing like that you know a lot of them have like the waterproof pocket in them and stuff like that so it's easy to keep your stuff there but my journey started with those cheap waders uh the neoprene ones really weren't any more than the canvas ones they're the cheap green ones you can buy pretty much anywhere for 80 bucks um but they are really hot and honestly they're overkill you don't really need them unless you're going to be fishing cold water or you're going to sweat a lot um canvas I'd like Steve said, I'd start out with canvas. Um, I'd spend a little bit more money and make sure you get the stocking foot waders and a pair of separate boots. I wouldn't go with the ones with the boots connected. It's not a very enjoyable experience. Um, 
I'm a bigger guy. And if you're in, if you're in the water and standing around, even if you're not a big guy, it's kind of hard on your back. And if you got a pair of, sh- of boots that aren't comfortable, it, it, a day on the water will wear you out, especially if you're getting older. Um, highly recommend, you know, getting the waders with the stocking foots feet and then the, um, than a pair of boots. And honestly, I got a pair of Sims tributary boots. They're, they're awesome. And I didn't pay that much for them, um, below a hundred dollars. And, um, as far as the waders go, I upgraded last year, but that was still to the mid-level Orvis. I might even be the entry level. Like, I think I got the Orvis clear waters because of the Sims. You couldn't get the Sims anywhere at the Sims mid-level waiter. Um, and actually it was the Sims budget waiter. They, they just, you couldn't get them off the boat. Um, so I ended up with the Orvis and they fit me better, but they're so light that, you know, I can wear them in the summer now and not have to wet wade and worry about it if I want. And I really like them. Um, they're not as robust as I've seen with the Sims. I mean, if you're buying Sims, that's an investment. Um, and anybody who has Sims waders would tell you that it's an investment worth making. You know, people who've had them like 10 years. Uh, but if you take good care of your waders and, and you don't, you know, walk through green briar bushes or, and stuff like that. And you don't wear like jeans underneath of them and, and things that are abrasive that can wear them out. They'll last you a good long while. Um, so that's pretty much all I would add in there on that. And rinse them off every time you yeah get back home and, and don't fold them up wet, hang them up to let them fully dry before you, you know, you put them away. That kind of thing goes a long way to making them last. Um, and good point on the, on the stocking foot. I was kind of assuming that and wasn't, wasn't thinking. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, the other thing I will say, uh, and I do a lot of wet waiting as well, but the primary, the primary use my waiters get is the, is the Chattahoochee river, which is the tailwater of a very large lake. And if I remember correctly, and I haven't looked it up, so again, if I'm wrong or off a few degrees, don't send me hate mail. But I want to say the average, the mean temperature of the water coming out of that that um, out of that lake in our you know August when it's in excess of 100 degrees day after day after day is in the upper 40s. So you know even if it's if it's uh, and it's it's deep water too. I mean you can wet weight it, but you're going to be wet weighting you know above your waist. And in that kind of water, it's it's too cold for it. I mean, you could do it a little bit, but if you're going to make a half a day of, of fishing, you can't, you just can't. It's too cold. Um, maybe one month out of the whole year, you could get away with it. But other than that, in my opinion, you you shouldn't. Um, it's just it's it's cold water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cold, pretty cold around here too. And I would now I would prefer wet wading. I wet wade every chance I get. As soon as it gets warm enough for me to wet wade, I wet wade. I just really like the feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how light it is. You know, sometimes if you're walking around in a muggy day with those waders and you're walking a bit, it just, you just get that swampy feeling and it's not that fun. Um, the last thing I would say about waders is if your waders do not come with a waiting belt, buy a waiting belt. Do yourself a favor. You don't want your waders filling up. The waders fill up, that's just a good way to die. Get a waiting belt. And they hold your net good too, so most, there's not really a reason not come, to have. Them. Most of them come with them, don't they? Well, don't my ever... the, the the cheap canvas like Cabela's ones and stuff don't. But the uh, if you get an Orvis or you get a Sims, they'll come with one. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah I've, just, I've, I was getting ready to say the only ones I've ever had that didn't were the neoprene. Every, but I've only owned two pair of canvas waders in my life, so that mm-hmm. should that should tell you something too. I mean, it's it's truly one of those. You know, I won't say you can necessarily buy once, but you can you can really stretch the life out of a, a good quality set of waders. It's not an area that I would say you need to really skimp. Um, I've I've purchased some really cheap waders, not not for not for for fly fishing. I've purchased some for getting into some remote hunting areas, and I will be honest, both times I actually ended up carrying my 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 Orvis waders the next trip because they were just they sucked. Even even just across a simple stream, it was they're hard to get. You know, they're harder to get on. They mm-hmm. anyway, it's just you know buy buy well. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll be happy that you did. Um, Definitely. So I think that's enough about the waiters. You get the idea. If you have any specific questions, honestly, I do not mind if somebody messages me or texts me, I'm happy to tell you, you know, my opinion for what that's worth. But, uh, with that, um, I know we want to talk about flies a little bit, but before we jump into that, Nick, I think we ought to talk about the, just the minimum, uh, tools that the average person would need and one of those i guess is also a little bit of an optional thing if you want to i don't know i've never i've never really done any or much fly fishing at all without a without a net now if i'm if i'm fishing bluegills or something like that i typically don't fool with a net um those fish are extremely hardy uh but mostly they eat well (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i'm not worried about if i'm I'm not worried about if I'm if I'm harming them to put them back in the water because I'm 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 putting them in a bucket and I'm gonna eat them. But uh, you know if you're gonna be trout fishing, I think you definitely should get a, a good quality net. Um, and you know, I really don't have anything to say about what net to buy or what to look for. I know that there are um, there are nets made now with like a I don't even know what the material is. Is it like a silicone or whatever it is that actually forms the the net itself, which is supposed to be much less uh, harmful to the fish. Mm-hmm. That's what there's, I use. There's no yeah. different to price. I just picked up one myself. Uh, I forget now what it was. I was ordering something from a, a new uh, website a while back to get some fly tying supplies, and really I bought the net because I'd been wanting to get one, and if I bought the net, it would pay for the shipping, and by the time it paid for the shipping, the net cost me like five bucks or something. Um, yeah, they're not, you can get a, you can honestly get a decent wood handled net for like $25 on Amazon or something like that. Um, with the catch and they call it a catch and release, um, webbing. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only thing I would tell you, like, I honestly, I would prefer that just because it's easier to get the fish out. Like I don't eat, I don't eat anything I catch just because they're all marinating in PFAS because we have like. It's, it's a little bit of pollution problem around here, uh, yeah. and I wouldn't eat those. But it's just easier to get them out of the net, and you can also take a picture easier than you know holding the fish out of the water and trying to take your picture or whatnot. And I know that's a kind of a big part of fishing these days. So if you're especially if you're going to catch and release, um, but it's just easier to get them out of that net, and it doesn't it doesn't tangle up on everything like a like a normal net does, and doesn't tear as easy. And it's just a, it's just a good you know, it's just a good investment and make sure you get some kind of a magnetic clip on holder or, or even just tie a piece of paracord to your net and uh, to your waiting belt so that you don't try lose it. Like I did my first one downstream trying to 
mess with something else because you will get you know tied up once in a while sure yeah but yeah and i didn't i didn't mention it i don't know if this is i guess we should throw this out there because it is one of those things that it definitely makes it easier but you'll want to You'll want a zinger for the net, you know, some kind of, and really, I don't even know if it's called a zinger on when you get to the size that you'd use like for the net, but it's a lanyard or something. Yeah. Yeah. You want something that you're not having to keep up with that net all the time. You grab it, you catch the fish and it, you know, it, it goes back to, I keep mine on the back of my vest or the back of my pack, whatever I'm using. So it's, it's behind mm-hmm. me all the time. Um, but you know, you'll want a couple of zingers, but they're not much, you know, a few bucks, you should be able to, uh, get those. Yeah. I just stick it. I just stick right in the back of my wading belt when I'm done with them, the net, um, just right behind you. And another good, and you know, some actually Sims makes a, actually quite a few companies now make it pretty an economical wading belt that has a net little net holster in the back. That's just a little cutout thing for your net. And you do want to get it out of your way because it's nothing sucks more than trying to cast and you got your damn net flapping around behind you and hitting you right. in the arm and <laughs> or getting caught in a tree while you're trying to walk out <laughs> you know that's just not fun no it's not uh, like i said just find what system works for you like i said i've used i've i've kept mine kind of on my on my back um where it hooks just at the base of my neck on my vest for years and i found that works better for me but it might not work better for you um the other two items i would say are are pretty much have to haves the good thing is they're not expensive um one's a set of forceps uh get a good quality pair that's going to last you a while it's not going to bend it's and those come in really handy for removing especially the really small hooks if you're getting into really small dry flies and those kind of things um very highly recommended and there's a lot of you know everybody makes them so just you know don't skip out get a good quality uh, set and then the other is um, what they call nippers, which looks a lot like a uh, fingernail clippers, but they're just spring-loaded clippers, so you can clip your line off. Uh, you're going to spend a lot of time changing out flies, and it makes it really quick. And you're making a clean cut, so your you know your lines cut you know clean, and it's easy to get that cut back in the next hook. There's just so many reasons, and again, get a quality set. Now there are some out there that are just ridiculous, but you can get a good quality set for a relatively small amount of money. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, if you can get it with like some foam coating on it or some rubber coating, you know, you're going to have wet hands a lot. Um, that make that That's helpful. Um, again, get a zinger for it. Um, or even if you have a lanyard, you know, they, they make fly fishing lanyards. I make them out of paracord, actually. I, I make quite a few, and they're really cheap to make uh, and easy. Um, but, yeah. You know, you don't need a you don't need a machine set of seventy five dollar clip nippers unless you really want them. <laughs> you know, and that that's point, a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, at that point, you're just trying to make a, a, a fly fishing fashion statement. At that point, but but really, you do need quality, but you don't need seventy five hundred dollar quality. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I think I would throw one more in there, Steve. One more thing, and uh, you might want something to hold your tippet. Steve mentioned in the last one a spool. Um, they don't, most of the time, I mean, there are companies you can get like four or five things, a different tippet, um, and it'll come with a spool, uh, but you'll want different kinds of tippet and you'll want to get one of those to like $12 spools for it that just seals on both ends that you can hang off something like your bag, um, that just keeps it nice and in a good spot. And then 
it's easy to right by your nippers so you can kind of wheel the tip it out or whatever you're going to do and nip it right there you don't have to worry about it um another little accessory that you can do without but otherwise you're going to be fishing around with them spools in your pack and trying to find them and you know the more time you're messing with gear the less time you're fishing and there's nothing more you know annoying than being in the water for 20 minutes trying to figure yourself out (laughs) while there's fish rising all around you (laughs) so i would i would throw that in there and a very good point i actually keep a a leader wallet in my pack and that's usually where i keep my oh that too my tippet material but you know it's it's really again i'm trying to focus on just what you have to have you can get by without having that. It's, that gets into those things that, you're, like you said, it makes it easier. Um, and I will throw one more optional one in there for folks that are, you know, my age and older. You you know, if you haven't done this before, you're going to want a set of, probably going to want a set of good quality magnifying eyeglasses too because I can tell you right now, without a good pair of, of readers, I can't. It, I'm, I'm using the force if I'm trying to. <laughs> to get to, to get line through a, a size 18 hook you know i, I can't see it i ain't there yet but friend of the show bob bones to takes him at least 25 minutes to tie one fly and then he loses it the next cast and it takes him another 20 <laughs> then the next thing you know we turn around and he's not there he's on shore messing around with something uh but anyway we love you we love you bobby um but uh on that no i don't i don't really use cheaters i should um I kind of got scoffed at when I tried to buy them at a shop once and it irritated me and I ended up not buying them and I haven't bought, I haven't thought about it since, but they're good to have. If you're tying a small fly, you get into those 16s, 18s, even some people fish with 22s and stuff. And I don't know how you do it, but yeah, you got to have those. You got to have those. And, uh, you know, Steve, if for the, I know we keep adding on here, but for the bass fishermen out there, I found this out the hard way last year, a pair of pliers too, any pliers, needle nose pliers, throw them in your bag because if you get it stuck in a head and a hook in a, you know, a bass jaw or something like that, you're going to need it. You know, um, you can't get it with the forceps. Not usually. Not you, the you, then, then you're buying the cheap forceps. Oh, well my force. Yeah. My forceps probably aren't that great. I pay like 15 bucks for my forceps. Cause I can but. tell you I've, I've pulled, I've pulled hooks out of saltwater fish with the, with the forceps I use. Yeah, what, kind and of I for, what kind of forceps well, you got? So, and I'll have to show them to you in April, but get the ones, and I should have mentioned this, get the forceps that actually have a locking mechanism at the back. So where the, where the rings that your finger and and thumb, your forefinger and thumb go into to actuate the the forceps, there are some that actually have a locking mechanism where you can, they kind of snap as you tighten and tighten. And then once you get that locked down, then you can pretty much do whatever you want to. So. Oh, wow. You're going to have to show me that. Yeah. 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 So Nick just told on himself he's got cheap forceps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, and I am, I'm actually going to get a, I, I have refrained from doing it and I'm the world's worst about reading glasses. I buy the cheapest They're They, they suck to look through and I, you breathe on them hard and they're scratched. So uh, I'm actually going to try to get one of the good pair of, of, uh, reading glasses, magnet, whatever you want to call them that, you know, have the, the magnet between the nose piece so that you just let it hang off your neck. And, mm-hmm. uh, I've had it in a shopping cart at Mad Rivers for 
two or three weeks now, but I just hadn't pulled the trigger on placing an order because I'm, I'm, I'm going to try. I need to order several things before April, and I'm just trying to make sure I don't forget anything. So, um, But anyway, mm-hmm. so the subject of flies. Um, so I'm going to preface this with... And I think I think I'm I'm gonna speak for both of us, but I'm gonna preface this with these are my top five my top flies, and we're gonna talk about the different categories. I'm focused more on on trout. Now that said, several of the flies on my list will actually catch other fish besides trout. I've caught panfish with them. I've even caught bass with some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's trout. My opinion until you get into some of the you know, the more fancy streamers and so forth. The bulk of people that's going to be fly fishing for, you know, bass, panfish, that kind of thing, they're going to be using the little cork poppers on the top of the water, which are great and fantastic and a lot of fun to fish with. But for this discussion, and because, I, again, I think the majority of people that get started fly fishing are going to be pursuing trout, that's where I've got my list. So I hope you're kind of in the same ballpark there, Nick. Definitely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, so I'm going to let you pick the type you want to start with. Uh, let's go ahead, since I started off with this, let's go ahead and start with nymphs. Okay, so let's do it this way. You give me your number <laughs> one in a nymph, and we'll see if it's on my list. And then if it's not, I'll give you my number one. And if it is, I'll go to my number two. Okay, uh, hair, uh, hair's ear. <laughs> That's my number one. <laughs> hair's ears. I'm telling you what, if you can't catch it with a hair's ear, if all else fails, fish a hare's ear. Different. You can tie them fuzzy. You can tie them not as fuzzy. You can you can put a flashback on them. You know, a little bit of tinsel. You can you can do all kinds of stuff with them. They just they imitate different pupa underwater, and they can Im- imitate pretty much any bug you find under a rock. Um, hare's ear nymph is just you can't beat it. And and the more you fish it, the better it gets until it just starts coming apart. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally, it just gets better with age until it just comes unglued and things start unraveling. That's pretty cool that we both had the had the same one. I'm going to be shocked if we don't have the same number two. So my number two nymph is a pheasant tail. Uh, yep. Is that'd that what your num- number two that'd is? That'd be my number two. Yep. Pheasant tail. <laughs> you got something with a tail. There's something about pheasant tails that that pheasant feather just moves so naturally in the water. Um Hair's ears, you don't usually have tails, so if you want something tailed, that you can't beat a pheasant ear. Those two right there are usually my bottom nymphs if I'm fishing so, anything. So let me ask you this real quick. Um, when you're talking about these, are you typically fishing beadhead versions or non? Or you does know, it, it depend? It depends. If okay. I want to go, it, so if I'm running a two-nymph rig and I want to fish mid-column, where it imitates the, the non-beaded imitates a pupa rising near the surface to become to get to the be to being a bug on top of the water. Um, so if I want to fish mid, if I'm not having any luck with beads and I'm, and I'm getting down there and I'm still not having any luck, I'll fish mid column or I'll fish a mid and a bottom. So I'll fish a bead head version and I'll fish a non version or a non bead head version right up near the right up in the middle. Um, but I, I carry both and both of them in different sizes and different colors, just in case, just a few different colors. I don't go crazy. Uh, but usually black and, and natural. I'll do yeah, something kind, like that. Yeah, kind of the same. And I I do tend to fish more of the beadhead versions. Um, but part of that's the water that I fish. Most of the water that I fish is going to be 
the temperatures are fairly consistent most of the year, that kind of thing. Um, so you can just get away with a lot more, um, you know, stick to one type type method. But uh, like in April when we're going, when we head up North Carolina, I will definitely be, you know, I'll have both versions and I'm sure I'll fish both versions. All right. So what's your, what's your number three? I'm almost positive we're going to be different on this one. Uh, probably just a zebra midge, just a ribbed midge. And it's, this is the simplest nymph, the simplest fly to tie there is pretty much just a nymph hook with, um, you can just use your thread, you know, anything from olive to black to, to, um, red. Um, I usually go olive and black, different sizes, and I'll use a, I'll just use brassy rib on it. That's it. And it, again, you're just, if you ever picked up a rock in the river and you see larva, that's, they'd look just like that. And there's times a year where you can just, you can kill them on an olive, an olive midge around here for, you know, days. But that's my third. Interesting. I don't think I've ever fished one. So I'm going to have to look for some of those and, or maybe tie some up. I've never fished one of those. I'll have to give it a try. So my number three was a a prince nymph. Um, I I never, go ahead. Never heard of that one. I never fish them. Yeah. It's one that I started tying years ago and just, you know, it, it, it's easy to tie and, uh, I've had, I've had pretty good luck with it. Now it's also one of the few nymphs that I'd, I'd never make a bead head version. It's all just, you know, without, without the bead heads. Hmm. And I, and I'm going to throw in an honorable mention real quick. And if this is one you've never, you've never fished before, you ought to give it a shot. But, um, my honorable mention is a copper John. Um, Ooh, good one. Another one that's very simple to tie, very few components in it. I think it's beadhead, copper wire, peacock curl, and some little mylar for the back, and that's it. I mean, very, and it's something for the tail. Um, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but they're extremely easy to tie. You can't mess them up, and it's that's one that I always fish, the, the beadhead version, but another very good nymph. No, they're very good. I just never seem to. I just never seem to catch them. Anything with them. I always fish the beadhead version, though. And maybe they're, yep. you know. But I know people who just kill them on that and have a lot of success. The 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 princes. I mean, um, copper johns have had a lot of success with the copper john. If you need to get down there, like if it's if it's a little, uh, you got a little bit of current, and you know you've had some rain and the water's deep, copper john will get you do a lot for you, especially if it's got a uh, tungsten head on it. You'll get you'll get down there. But he, you'll lose them a lot too. That that is not an expense. That is not a cheap fly, and you will lose those because yep. the, they'll just, a rock will eat that quicker than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would agree. I would agree with everything you said there. Okay, so let's stick with the let's, let, let since we started with nymphs. I'm gonna say dries for last. Um, so we'll jump into just standard uh, wet flies. And I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna give you my first pick there, and it's just a, a simple March Brown. Yeah, that's funny. I that, I, I, no. I like that. No, I've always wanted to tie one. I never fished one. Oh, you've never uh, fished March. I've never fished a March Brown. Yeah, I don't. I don't fish brown a lot around here for some reason. I I don't know why. I now I do fish a version of that. Eh, you know what? I'm pretty close, Steve, because I do fish a version of that. That's for a wet fly. That's yellow. Yellow, yellow, and um. Yellow and olive seem to do really well here, so I fish, I fish a version of that. But they're all kind of the same pattern; they're just different colors. Yeah, all, all you gotta do is mix mix up the shades and colors of the exactly. materials, and you can make yeah. any kind of colors with them. But I, I've always liked that March Brown. 
Um, and that's one of the flies that I tie, that I use a lot with a, uh, when I'm doing a two fly rig. So I'll do a, a March Brown or something like that as my, my first fly and then my nymphs hanging off of that. Um, and I've had some, I've had pretty good success with that. So, all right, well, if that wasn't your first one, what's your first one? Uh, my first one would probably be, so I like to, so whatever I've, whatever nymphs I fish, I usually take a version of that, just take the bead off. And that's kind of my mid column wet fly. Um, and you know, I don't even know that I, the, the names are all escaping me, but I tie, I tie one, I tie right now. Um, I really like, and I wish I could find the name for it, but it's just basically a peacock hurl with hackle on it just a soft hackle fly gotcha. um so uh, peacock, peacock curl body saw like a hackle wing and mm-hmm. and that's it and one row of hackle and the and with a little bit of ribbing and that's that catches a lot of fish um actually scott told me about that one um and man i wish i had the name of it off i read that whole book and now i can't remember the name of it <laughs> So it sounds like just a general, and there's, you know, there is a, there is a fly called a soft hackle, but they're, they're kind of, I don't know, they're like people, none, none of them, no, no two look alike. Um, and it sounds like that kind of falls into that category, which is what my second was, was soft hackles. Yep. It's a soft hackle. I, I fish a lot of soft hackles. Okay. Yep. And, and then my third one, well, and I went back and forth on this. So I've actually caught a lot of fish on a wet fly that um it's called a yellow sally um, oh yeah yeah and i almost put that on my list but the reason i didn't i really have not fished those a lot in years now i'll probably fish some up uh in april but i haven't fished many of them here i just never had much success with them but i'm really excited about trying that tups indispensable um every time i tie one of those things i sit there and stare at it and go i just know a fish is going to want to eat that i mean it just it that fly looks it just looks like it'll catch fish. And I don't say that about many flies, but it's just something about the way that one comes out with the, and I think it's the dubbing that really sets it apart. I mean, it just, I, I really like that fly. Makes you see what it does. I kind of feel that way about the uh, blue winged olives. They, uh, you know, you, you can fish those uh, wet and, you know, honestly, I, the, what I was looking for, Steve, was the wolf's. There's like the gray wolves, the Asabo wolves, the coach royal wolf. Yeah, yeah, royal. They're all kind of the same. They, they look like an emerging bug that's either that's right below the surface, basically, or something that sank, like maybe a bug sank, it's dead and sank, or it's mangled on the surface beneath the film or, or whatever. That's you can pull that off. I mean, it works. There's ant patterns that do that. Um, there's one called the quill Gordon. That's really cool. You can, you can sink, you know what I actually, Steve, you know what I do a lot? Um, I just sink caddis flies. Um, I was going to say top three, Nick, top three. <laughs> yeah. But you know, with wets, it's all kind of the, they're all kind it, of the same. It they're, really they're, is. It, 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 it definitely a lot. And like you said, there's a lot of, um, I'm sorry, I'll cut you off, but there's a lot of, uh, a dry fly patterns that there are wet fly versions of it. So that's where it can also get confusing confusing um but it's funny you mentioned the wolves you know it's funny i i don't think i've ever caught a fish on a royal coachman simply because i refuse to fish them when i typically look at my flies i want them to look like a normal 
bug. <laughs> Dull. They're too, they're too pretty to be it. They're they too are. Pretty, they're too pretty to fish. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. <laughs> you put yeah. You put them in your box and you just look at them and show people your fly box and they're like, oh, they're mesmerized. Like that one's cool. I bet you it catches a lot of fish. You'd be like, I never fished that. I tied I tied a few Royal Coachmans years ago and I couldn't bring myself because they are to me they were a pain to tie and get them to come out looking like they're supposed to look. I'm like I'm not fishing that thing. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, you know I think you know that that may be just a good message is you know when we get into the the dry flies and we're talking about those, I think everything on my list you can actually get in a wet fly version, uh, and I, I honestly do that a lot. I'll I'll buy both or like you said I'll. Um, I'll try to force the some of the dry flies to actually sink and keep fishing them. So, mm-hmm. oh, I did find out the name of the one I like to my number one, Steve. It's basically just a, a a peacock or partridge wet fly. That's basically all they. I mean, it's not really like a name name. It's just there's a million different kinds. Some call it the carry special. It's a sooner fly. A sooner fly. Yeah, as soon as be one. <laughs> Soon as be one thing as another. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call it that now. <laughs> yeah, it's a I got a whole fly. box full of sooner flies. <laughs> there you go. Just just as soon be one fly as another. There you go. All right, dries, huh? That, well, no, no. We got my favorite category before we oh. get to dries, um, and it truly is. It's probably what I fish the most, and that's streamers. Um, did you even did you even jot down stream? I know you H- don't. Hell, fish there are only one much. kind. <laughs> no, there's a lot of kinds. Um, I fish one. I've only got uh, one I fish. All right, I'll let you call out your first one because I know it's going to be the same one I have. It, it's just a woolly bugger, just a yeah. black, black or green woolly bugger. Nothing, no. nothing fancy. That's it. Now I will say this: woolly buggers are one of those flies that come in both a beadhead version and a nod beadhead version, and then you've also got the woolly worm that was, you know, where the woolly bugger came from. And I don't fish any of them but the bead heads. Various, you know, sizes and, and weights. I've even got, you know, woolly buggers that I tie with tungsten heads on them that'll just drop like rocks. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. And so do you have a color preference? Uh, black or olive. And yes. I like to I like to wrap mine in, uh, in soft hackle, too, sometimes. Make them a little furrier. I, uh, I do all of mine in soft hackle. I have never tied a woolly bugger with a dry fly, dry hackle. Never yeah, have. Sometimes I just tie them woolly with, like, you can even do them with, um, with fake peacock hurl or chenille, like a mm-hmm. black chenille. You can do them all different kinds of ways, but um, with varying, you know, just make sure you get your, the biggest problem with those is the tails. Just making sure you get your tails right so they don't look like they're all, you know, so they actually look like a tail in the water. Because you're, you're imitating a fish a fish swimming. Do you That's add, really... do you add any, uh, flash boo to yours? I do. Yeah. I add, um, I, I usually four, four strands is what I do. Two on each side. Oh, that's funny. I you I you uh, two strands, but I fold it in half and cut it. So I pretty much, yeah, I'm doing four or two. Yep. Um, yeah. That's the same thing I do. Just enough to give it that little streak when it's in the water. Yep. Um, and sometimes I'll tie a hot spot on them too. Like I'll take a little bit different color, um, something and put it up by the bead. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm tying a bead, uh, but yeah, the, um, and I fish in beaded and unbeaded. I fish both depending. Um, I guess I actually do have one more streamer that I tie. Um, you might've used this one. I don't know. Egg sucking leech. Nope. Nope. That's not on my list. Ain't a whole lot. Of, ain't a whole, ain't a whole lot different. It's just a little bit, 
that you used uh you still use the marabou and the and you just leave it a little longer and and it, you look them up folks between the difference between a woolly bugger and an egg sucking leech but having both in your box is a good bet and there's the next there's another variant i would call it a variant to a woolly bugger that i actually want to tie a saw it actually popped up in my facebook feed a couple of weeks ago and i'd never heard of it but now i can't find there's two of the materials that I just can't find. It's called a pumpkin head. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really cool looking, but I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully tie some of those before April. Um, but I've never, I've never tied one before. So my, my number two, uh, is a muddler minnow. Oh, there you go. Scott ties a great muddler minnow. Yeah. I've, I'll be honest, I've had some mixed results with them. Um, And what's funny here, a lot of times I will actually fish them more like a dry than I do a streamer uh, because they're also a pretty good grasshopper imitation for a lot of the Mm -hmm. grasshoppers we have here. So it's one of those, it's a dual purpose for me. So I really really like those. Um, Not much more to say there. What's your, do you have a third one? You know, I didn't, but I, I like the muddler too. Um, just be, just for what you said, it's a good bass fly too. Um, Scott uses them for carp. Um, they, the thing about streamers is, and you kind of hit it on the head. If you fish a, if you got a dry streamer and as long as it'll, as long as it'll plop on top of the water, you could fish them top water. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use flies a lot of different ways. Um, but the nice thing about streamers is as long as you're looking like a bait fish, you can tie crazy things. I mean, you're just trying to attract attention, you're, if especially because you're going after predatory fish. All you gotta do is it's got it's got to look like it's swimming in the water. Um, but the muddlers are cool because they got that deer hair head that you razor. I've never really got the hang of that yet. It's not something I've tied yet. Um, but they they do look cool and they're effective. Yes, sir. Um... And there's a lot of different variations to how you can tie those two from a color perspective. Um, my 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 third and final streamer is uh, Clouser. I knew you were going to do that. Yep. Um, I'll be honest. That's one of those flies that you can catch a lot of different fish with. You can you know you can change the sizes to to target a wide range of fish. But for me, they're really good on the Chattahoochee tailwater where I fish, especially right after they um, do a water release for some reason. I don't know if it, if they release a bunch of shad when they do that, or if it, you know, if it just stirs things up, but a lot of times right after a, uh, a release and the water comes back down to normal levels, you can have really good success with a, just a plain white clouser minnow. So that's my number mm-hmm. three. Okay. Last but not least dry flies. I already know we're going to have the first one for a dry fly. It's probably my go-to dry regardless if i see a fish at the top of water before i even try to figure out what the heck it's eating this is the fly that i tie on so i'm gonna let you go ahead and say it i'm sure you're gonna say the same uh, i'm gonna yeah deer hair caddis or elk hair caddis or or yeah. elk hair caddis yeah. again that's one you can you can tie it it it, it mimics any top water insect from mosquitoes to whatever as long as you got different colors um to, you know, to your different mayfly hatches. Um, but caddis is a really good Michigan fly. Um, I, I like to tie them cinnamon, olive, um, deer hair, elk. I have more deer hair, and I like to work with deer hair more, even though it's messier. 
Um, but I really like it. Plus, I've been using the deer I shoot lately. So, so I, I prefer the elk hair. I think it's a lot more. The elk hair is um, coarser, so it 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 has more. Um, it's it's not more hollower, <laughs> but it, because it's coarser, it 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 actually I think it it has more um, air inside the the hair, mm-hmm. and it, I just think it floats better. Um, I, I think I it does too. I, I don't know if I've ever tried one with with deer hair. To be honest, it, it's honestly just fuzzier and it's just harder to tie them because it's just finer and gotcha. it, it slips. So you got to be, you know, it takes you a little bit. It took me. It took me about a year to try to to even get one that looked decent. But the thing about a caddis is, you know, everybody will tell you. A lot of times we tie for fish for fishermen. We don't tie for the fish. True. And you get a mangled caddis. I mean, how many insects do you see that are perfect on top of the water? You know, a, a mangled fish is just easier for a fish to get, or a mangled insect is just is easier for a fish to get. So, you know, it's all right if they get a little chewed. Um, well, I always remember this: most of the most of the the insects that hit the top of the water, they're either dead or dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the time. Um, you know, unless it's unless it's in you know something that's emerging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm the same way. I think a, a messy fly is a good fly. Now, if I'm tying a fly, I want to, I try to make it as perfect as I can. Sure. But, you know, some of these wet flies, after I make a perfect fly, then I sit there with my, uh, bobbin and I'll, I'll pull the fibers out and just make it look nasty as I'll get out. That's what tends to work best. So. You use any, and I tell you what, you know, if you tie a, there's the cool thing about a caddis pattern is that I actually, you can tie them with foam. You can tie a little foam wing on the back of them, and they'll float through almost anything and stay floating all day. A lot of guides use that, so they don't have to keep, you know, they can keep their clients fishing. Um, And they also, if you tie a bigger caddis with foam, it's almost like a hopper, same thing. You get like you're fishing a hopper. Um, And then you can also, you can can brassy them. You can actually weight them so that they do fish more like a wet. Like a inst- like an insect stuck in the film, and you can catch a lot of fish that way, especially on the end of a swing. And um, there's all kinds of ways you can do it, all kinds of different materials you can experiment with them. Uh, I I like to use a little bit of, um, I like to put soft tackle on mine, with the wing too. I like to wrap the body in soft tackle, uh, makes them a little furrier. Scott taught me how to do that, especially cinnamon ones look really cool that way. Um, but yeah, caddis tough to beat a caddis. I agree hundred percent. The only thing I hate about them is I hate, I hate, I hate tying one on. Yeah. They suck tying them on. <laughs> they kind of do. Cause they got that little weed eater on the front or the little yeah. weed. Yeah. The, where the hair pops up. Weed guard. Yeah, that's just the, yeah. absolutely sucks. Um, <laughs> so my number two, we'll see what you have for number two. My, my number two is just a plain old Adams when it comes to a dry. Yep. Parachute Adams. You got the same thing. Well, now are you do you like parachute atoms or you like, like normal atoms? Yes, like them both. I like them both. Um, I like parachute. I like parachutes. I, I think they're just a good general purpose dry. I would say the advantage to me of the parachute is they tend to they tend to float a little bit easier. You can um, see them too. You can see them real well. Yeah, you can see them real well. Uh, the downside is once they get you know once they get uh, waterlogged, they're going to sink. Um, but that's any fly, right? 
Yeah, so. exactly. I, I I tell you what, I and I suck something awful tying them. I can I can tie an Adams with the cross wing pattern, but I can't parachutes for some reason. I'm just not there yet. I, I don't know what it is, but mine look really bad. <laughs> I have to work on that. Uh, but one pattern at a time, right? One so. one pattern at a time. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your last? You're You're going to get to. You're going to get to say the last one probably. We'll see if they match. I think they he- might. Hell, are they? Are there any other kind? <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of other kinds, and I've I've fished a lot of them. But you know, if we're talking about the top three, what's your oh, top? What's your number three? Which What's my number three? Dry um, fly done. Interesting. Pro- probably that's, a done. That's um, not what I was expecting you to say. Oh really? Um, no. It it. it yeah, I guess uh Yeah, I think it's a done. Why what were you gonna say? My number three would be a blue wing olive. Oh, um, I already said blue wing olive for wets, but yeah, yeah blue you wing did. Olive. That's why I said yeah. that's why I figured that was gonna be your next one. Uh but yeah, so now you can tell folks we don't rehearse this crap. I mean it 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 this is actually how it is. But it's kind of funny. I think we were we were very close on most of these. Uh, yeah, the, um, the the blue wing dries are very good fly, and especially yeah. for certain times of the year. So this brings up uh, an interesting thought that we'll, I guess we'll kind of close out on this, um, but do you use any form of fly dressing? Floating, you mean? Yeah, floating. Yeah, yeah I use that. I started out with that um, tube of gel that comes with like packs of flies you get. And mm-hmm. I honestly got, I, I am now using that powdered stuff the fly shops carry where you just, you get the container and then you can go back in and get a refill. And it's just that it's almost like a rosin powder. Right. And you just put the fly in there and shake it up and pull it back, shake it off a little bit, pull it back out. And that stuff works really, really well. I like that way better than the goo because the goo can, you know, like if you leave it in a car and forget about it, you can have a mess on your hands. Yeah. But that's what I use. What about you? Um... I have I've been saying for a while now I was going to try the powder. I hate the other stuff. Um and I'll be honest, typically uh I will fish a dry until it starts sinking and then I will nip it, put it back in my fly box, take out a fresh one, start fishing with that one again and and then you know by the time I I get ready to use that fly again, it's you know it's dried out and it'll it'll float again. Usually not quite as long the second time, but I'll be honest on a good day here, if I'm if I'm if I'm fishing dries and the fish are really hammering dries, I'll catch enough fish off of a fly by the time it stops floating that I just say, you know what, it 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 earns its retirement and I'll move on. I'll go tie up another one just like it. So mm-hmm. um, that's you know I may I may get some of that powder because like I said I've been wanting to try it but I've never I've never given it a try and I hate that gel stuff just like you do. Scott always says. Uh, Scott always says he's not tying to be pretty. His in that his flies are three fish flies. That's that's interesting. <laughs> he said, like he doesn't use uh, he he doesn't use glue a lot, the the cement a lot. Yeah. He just he just ties them up and he says because he's think about it. If you pull it out of a, if you pull a fly out of a fish's mouth three times, they're any kind of a fish. That fly ain't gonna look very good. You know, <laughs> no matter how well you tied it. And uh, and in some cases, it can just now become a wet fly. That, that's what I do. I basically, yep. it's a wet now. That's what it, as, <laughs> exactly. as long as it's, as long as it's not destroyed. Right. Yeah. And I actually have a separate part of my, um, a separate part of my box that I just, I stick ones like that mm-hmm. and then they're just, 
you just get longer use out of them. I mean, if you're going to tie them up, you might as well or right. buy them. I mean, because if you're buying them, you're paying like three bucks a fly. So, you know, you're not going to want to wait. It sucks to lose a fly you paid three or three to five dollars for. And they're probably going up in price, to be honest with you. Um, you got to get them from a fly shop. But, uh, Steve, you know, you and I hit on something about flies when we were chatting a little bit earlier today. But for some of you, might might not have any idea what we're talking about. The way I learned about flies, obviously you got online and there's some good books to read and stuff. But if you got a local fly shop, um, or even if you're on a website, you know, call them up and ask them what they would recommend for, I mean, sometimes they might even know about your area, but I mean, at least if you got a fly shop, go there and just see what they got in the, in the cases. A lot of the times, like if, even if you don't want to talk to anybody, they'll have like what's hot for that time of year and they'll have it marked because they want to sell them. Right. So they'll say, this is, this is popular right now. And if you, in the, in any good shop, will wait on you and you just ask them, Hey, I, Pick me out $20 worth of flies for I want to go catch trout today here. And they'll they'll put you in the right spot. I mean, every time. So that's a good way to get started. And once you get a pattern that you like that you've had success with, for me, it was the hare's ear and the caddis. I just learned how to tie those because I'm like, well, this looks fun and doesn't look too hard. So I'll get into this and tie them. You don't even have to do that. But if you know what you like and you know what works, I mean you're you're halfway there really and then the the better you get you know and if you're fishing wild trout and stuff like that we're matching the hatch is really important and you know and stuff like that some of the i'm sure some of the hardcore guys listening to us right now are going what well that's terrible advice you need to do this time of year this and this time of year that and but we're talking about beginners folks if you're just yep. getting if you're just getting into this don't get you're just going to drive yourself crazy i mean yeah learning entomology is great you should but starting out the patterns we mentioned will get you catching fish. They just will. And I will I will add to that. You know, I, I agree with what you just said, but I will also say there are a lot of people that want this to seem a lot more complicated than it needs to be. And for whatever reason people want to do that, I will never understand. But like you said, we're trying to target people that have not done this before. Or maybe they're just getting started and, and they're trying to, you know, they want to learn a little bit more. It doesn't have to be that complicated, folks. Um, you can make it complicated, um, but it doesn't have to be. And I would, I would dare say the average person getting started fly fishing anywhere in the country, if they take the flies that we just called out and spend the day on the water, they're going to catch fish. Well, when we were talking for, with Katie from Fish Untamed, she, she fishes, fishes uh, what is she, out west? She's mm-hmm. fished out west. She's fishing the same flies. Right. That I am in Michigan. It's well, not like it's, it's, you're not reinventing the wheel here. Tom and see, I, Tom and I fished for a week out in, in Wyoming and we didn't carry anything special. I, well, let me back up. I did stop and buy some flies in a fly shop in, uh, was it Sheridan? I think it was Sheridan. But the flies that I bought in Sheridan were nothing special. And I did not buy them because they told me to. I got some, um, foam ants is what I got because mm-hmm. it was, it was late summer. Uh, but everything else that we fished was what we already had in our, our fly boxes. So, you know, it, and that is, that is, um, most of the fish that I, most of the streams that I fish here in the East are stocked. 
those fish out there, while some of them may have been stocked, I know some of the streams that we fished and caught fish in, they're not stocked. We were out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so again, you can make it as complicated or you can keep it as simple as you want. We tried to take the approach of keeping it simple. Maybe we'll do one more advanced later. You know, if, if there's enough requests for it, you know, I'm up for having a, a deeper conversation, but this was targeted for, for beginners. Exactly. And, uh, when it comes to flies also, if you can't cast, don't matter what fly you got anyway. <laughs> That's lesson number one, learn how to fish. <laughs> although, although here is a, here's a little piece of advice for you. If you're, if you're trying to learn how to fly cast and you're frustrated because you're wanting to get on the water and you feel like you can't cast yet, get you some streamers and hit the water. Cause in a lot of cases, good advice. you do not have to cast. You can, you can flip the fly out, especially if it's, and there's some ways you can learn to manipulate this, right? But you can let the current carry that, that streamer downstream for you. And then once you get, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 feet of line out, then you can start fishing that fly and you can catch fish there. You know, again, there are better ways to fish streamers, but I've, I've caught so many trout just on a, a fly sitting dead in the water on a streamer, on a woolly booger that the current is giving that fly all the action it needs. So nymphs, the same thing. I mean, yep. if you throw a hair's ear on the end or a couple of hair's ears and some split shots or something on there and get down, you're, you'll catch fish. Yep. I mean, you don't have to be a great caster to throw nymphs. I mean, it's just, you're just got to be in the right spots and at the right depth and, and checking your drip, your drifts and stuff. So, yeah, again, yep. don't let, don't let it get overcomplicated for you. You know, I mean, this is, this is supposed to be for fun. Right. Yeah. Make the learning fun. I mean, exactly. it's been a, it's been a journey for me. I've been writing in my journal from day one and it's fun to just fumble through it a little bit, you know? Speaking, um, of, speaking of which, before we close this thing up, where's, where's book number two at, man? Book number two, I am writing that last hunt, that last chapter, and I am about midway through it. Which hunt is that? That's the, the one we just had. The, oh. the last camp class. I'm starting with camp classy. I'm ending with camp classy. And the first one was a picture perfect hunt and the last one was anything but and i thought that was a good place to stop so well this year was a nice hunt it was a nice hunt it was just the it it was the all the other stuff that happened to me afterwards so that one and then yeah right there but otherwise i mean actually the whole trip was great right up until i shot the deer and then after that it got a little hairy but um, yeah because the 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 camp classy hunt prior to this one that i attended was the one that sucked we were hunting it with, with the rain. Marsoon. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that one. That one, that was. I don't think anybody saw anything that trip. So like, well, you guys saw stuff, but you were the weather was bad and it was not in your favor. No, I shot. Uh, I, that's the I shot that buck that that trip and yeah, it, yeah. The bottom fell out. I mean, Tom and I sat out there trying to find that thing for. Well, we were, uh, you know, our 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 undergarments were soaked by the time we. I had water, you know, standing in my shoes by the time we came back to camp and but you you know it washed it washed the blood trail away i mean it, and it was so thick back there we spent we spent a, a lot of time trying to find that animal and you know it never stopped raining and the next morning you know there was some concern about getting out of the the camping locations without some people having chains i mean it was it was bad mm-hmm. that's sucked it, it was pretty bad then it was thunderstorming when we got out of there Yep. <laughs> like lightning striking. It was awful. And yep. and it was cold. 
but yeah, I'm, I'm close, man. And, uh, my, my designer who did my, the last book for me, a dear friend of mine, she just had her baby. Um, and you know, we're going to be getting into it, but I got a cover and I've got this last chapter. And then, you know, of course the page number and the proof and the editing and all that starts and then it'll be, it'll be rolling out. But I, again, I'm going to enjoy it. It's a little bit crazy time right now in my life, but, um, we'll, we'll get her done. So. Well, good deal. Well, brother, thank you again. Uh, for everybody listening, I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you've got any questions, please feel free to hit either Nick or myself up, shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot an email. We're happy to, we're happy to answer any questions we can. And if we don't know, we will tell you just don't know, but, uh, Hope it's hope it's been a, a good primer for anybody that's been thinking about this, and and I truly hope it may be the motivation for you to just go ahead and pull the trigger and get started. Um, and with that said, I am going to go find a bottle of ibuprofen and a heating pad, and I'm going to stretch out. So, thanks everyone, and we will talk to you all real soon. Hopefully, with some content from Hog Camp next week. Take care, all. <laughs>